Hey y'all, this is Angie and welcome to my podcast called Be Honest Though. Today I have a special guest in the building, <laughs> Jay Namar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you today? I'm fantastic. How you doing? That's good. I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I got like three hours of sleep yesterday. Don't oh, ask me okay. why, but I did. I won't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I always ask is, how's your mental health today? Um, my mental health is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a great uh, mental space um, due to a lot of prayer and meditation. That's good. Yeah, that's what I need to do because my life is the struggle right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I always ask a question pertaining to the topic, mm-hmm. and I purposely held this back. Because okay. I wanted to know yeah, yeah. <laughs> your honest opinion. But if you had one word to describe our political cr- um, climate today, how would you describe it and why? Um, Mirage. Mm. Yeah, that's what I, I think that's the a word I would use. Um, and I think I would use I'd use that word because um, I feel like everyone no matter what side you're on Mm -hmm. is under um is is currently viewing um everything that they see under potentially false uh, under um structured Mm -hmm. manufactured narratives Mm, whether the narratives are good or bad Mm mm-hmm so you think they're not completely honest? Um, well, they're they're honest in regards to who's telling them because they're mm-hmm. they're telling their truth. Okay, you know how like that classic saying people are like, well, this is just my truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I get that that's your truth, mm-hmm. but you know in reality, there's always three truths. There's yep. your truth, their truth, and the actual truth. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so based on the question, what we're going to talk about is politics yeah. but in particular white supremacy within politics mm-hmm. so um as everybody knows what happened on january 6th with the capital being um taken over yeah by um variety of i would like to say white people yeah <laughs> a variety of white people it was, yeah. a, it was a little splash of color in there a little bit here mm-hmm. and there i seen a little um people that's um not a lot of melanin in them <laughs> but there's some yeah, there's some yeah. which was surprising to me mm-hmm. um i seen um a melanated person of our hue just mm-hmm. standing in the stairs that's yeah. a meme now yes yes which is, is hilarious mm-hmm. yeah and i'm really trying to figure out why he was there nobody has found him no. as of yet <laughs> no he he hasn't been uh mm. he hasn't been arrested like all the others yeah it's funny good yeah like- <laughs> that's the least you could do (laughs) but um so what do you think let's start off with that like so how did you view that day when you found out what happened Mm -hmm. what was your uh, thought process like how did you even hear about it at first so um man where the heck was i when i heard about that i was sitting in my room i was working actually um i was working on a special covering the that that is that was set to cover the uh, inauguration mm-hmm, how funny a new special yeah and so um 
So as I'm sitting there working, looking up details to prepare, then all of a sudden I'm on, uh, I'm just like on social media and I just start hearing, you know, seeing different posts Mm -hmm. about like, you know, the Capitol is being attacked and all these things. And I'm like, what is happening Now, did you think it was... Trump supporters who was attacking you or did you think like it was like an well it was terrorist? it was immediate like mm. because people you know as soon as it was happening you, as soon as it happened you could tell what was happening mm. because all you saw everywhere was Trump 2020 <laughs> signs so um and so uh it was definitely a surprise but not really mm. no so when I heard about it, mm-hmm. I was kind of numb to it. And I think I had to. Same. I yeah, felt numb too. right? Because it wasn't I like, to... I didn't feel like, uh, I wasn't like, oh my God, my yeah. capital is under. Nah. It was like, okay. Yeah, because I'm like, they told us <laughs> that they were going to do that, right? So, and then I heard from a lot of like black people, like, oh, if that was us, we would have been dead. But I'm I, like, Mer- we know this. Most certainly. And, you know, honestly, that was like the first thing that came to my head. Mm. The first thing that came to my head was, first of all, how the hell do these people even get this far, far. up into this building? Okay. Because <laughs> like that. that don't make no sense. I, s- listen... When when the riots for George Floyd began in the beginning of the year, they had national uh, they had Capitol Police literally li- literally lined up mm-hmm. in front of, yeah. of of that area before protest before anything happened. Mm-hmm. And although I wasn't present and I haven't researched this in details, but many of the claims state that it was the D.C. Capitol Police that initiated and I heard the that riot, too. just yeah. like much of all the other protests when it comes to these situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, these people were protesting peacefully and then they, you know, automatically made them disperse. And, and that, you know, started the chain reaction of mm-hmm. the D.C. riot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I remember more vividly out of that entire riot was all the people that was running in fear yeah from the police it I, was literally a war zone yeah when you've seen it like just the aerial pictures of it war zone and none of those people had weapons on them when they arrived well i, I can't say none because you know there there are um there's always a sprinkle of individuals that have hidden agendas yeah and no matter you know what the program is yeah and so um, but the thing that like kind of stood out to me most when that went down was, you know, the 60 some odd, 60 to 80 some odd people that had that corralled inside of this one man's house in D.C. Mm. to protect themselves from the abuse that was happening on the streets. Mm-hmm. And again, these people were just walking peacefully. So mm-hmm. they weren't even thinking about going near the Capitol yeah. in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they weren't even thinking about, you know, going into the Capitol. They just wanted to go up to the front so you can hear our voice kind of thing. Yeah. As usual, which is all we really ask for. Mm-hmm. But had that been some people of color uh, during that uh, January 6th, yeah, I think that would have turned out very differently. Yeah, definitely. If that was Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know, um, the the media's version of Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. uh, that had organized and say, okay, we're going to go out there this day, mm-hmm. they would have been had everyone there. They would have been, you know, they would have 
prepared themselves mm-hmm. for that protest. Yeah. And they did not, for some odd reason, you know, a, a country who has, um, you know, uh, some of the most powerful and, and strongest military security mm-hmm. presence yep. across the globe mm-hmm. was didn't prepare themselves for a protest that was happening. Cops were even even when even for small protests, right? Cops are always aware. Mm-hmm. They know. Okay? They, yeah, know they know everything. And the fact that you didn't see any of that out there until they got up there and then you see cops just letting them in. Yeah. Like, all right, y'all want to come up here? You can, you can go ahead. One <laughs> video that really bothered me is when that guy with the horn or whatever with the face paint. Oh and everything. yeah, what? He's a um, he's a QAnon guy. Oh okay. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Mm-hmm. When he walked into that chamber and that cop followed him, it was like, "Do you think that I could get you guys to leave?" And I'm like, "This <laughs> is the chamber." It's yeah. Like, and you're asking him nicely, nicely to leave. But you know, here's the thing. I think that I will say. I think that. Maybe potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If I was to play devil's advocate here, maybe potentially part of their tactic was to try to keep the people that was already violent in the mm-hmm. just getting in because several people were injured. Five people died. Yeah. You know, um, including, a, you know, law enforcement. Um, maybe part of the strategy was just like, all right. If we try to be super combative with them while we're already inside, mm-hmm. it could get worse. So maybe that was like part of the thought process. Um, however, um, it was too friendly to me. Yeah. It was it was definitely um, hand holding. Yeah, because psychologically, it's like they succeeded. Mm-hmm. Like they overtook the government. They overtook law enforcement. And that they're at the, law enforcement is at the mercy of them mm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you're feeding this ego, this bigger thing, because you don't want to create essentially a bigger, a bigger problem. So but it could have been a problem anyway. Now, there were bombs there. They were now. Let's just say they were using de-escalating tactics. Mm-hmm. The issue that we the reason why people are marching for Black Lives Matter is because yet again in the Capitol, what happened on that day was honestly a yes it was super historic but it literally it literally proved everything that we were discussing for 2020 exactly because when we were saying like hey when black people are involved Mm -hmm. it is a more violent situation and we saw that through the entire protest yeah. process and of Black Lives Matter. And white denied it. They denied it till they was like blue in the face. And then yeah. and then we told them that, however, whenever white people are involved, that's when y'all know how to use de-escalating tactics for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. And then January 6th happened and it was proof in the pudding. Yeah. They can't say anything else. You did exactly what we were saying. Mm-hmm. You, you took it easy with the white folks mm-hmm. like we always say that you do mm-hmm. and that you never do for us and that's all we're asking for exactly. we're just asking that you just the same way that you can take those same kind of tactics when they walking up in this building mm-hmm. 
if it was black folks, you should have been taking those same kind of tactics. But exactly. we all know that would not have been the case. Mm-hmm. It's sad to see. It's it's actually crazy to see when you really think about it. We're really living in what we will read in history books. It's crazy. When people look at this 100 years from now, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even know what they're going to be saying because even either. even additional things are going to be exposed yeah. that we aren't even currently aware of. That's true. So That's true. And it will suck essentially to find out what it, <laughs> it is. What it is. You know? Um, so let's talk about the past four years. Okay. In this whole Trump era. So how do you think <laughs> this Trump era is going to be looked at? Talking about history books, um, his treason, mm-hmm. his potential conviction, if it happens, mm-hmm. his two impeachments. Like, how do you think it's all going to play out? How are children, essentially grandchildren, great-grandchildren are going to be taught things? Um... You know, I think, I think that 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 this is a really hard question to answer because, um, again, I think that there are um, aspects of the story mm-hmm. that we're really not going to know during this era, mm-hmm. um, and you know, those are aspects that are both uh, pro-Trump and anti-Trump mm-hmm. um, that we will not. Um, be aware of until after but if I had to think about it in in regards to what's happening right now and if this storyline remained the same um, he's definitely going to be considered you know to be the greatest failure of a president Mm. Um, and you know I don't I think that I feel like he's going to be talked about like mm-hmm. forever as mm-hmm. as as a this is what we don't want mm. like we so, never want this to happen again in our country so i'm thinking about the way that nixon is treated now mm. right okay and i feel like compared to what i've seen it documented back then mm-hmm. and how it's treated even before Trump became president, Mm -hmm. it kind of like died down. It was kind of like watered down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we know about that. We know about Watergate, but it's not, I'm not going to say it's not as serious, but it's not told as serious as it was Mm -hmm. during the time it happened. Mm -hmm. So you, do you think that Trump's, you know, Trump era is going to be watered down to kind of like this little footnote in history instead of like what it really needs to be like a whole chapter. Well, I, I, I do think eventually it will be mm-hmm. absolutely because, um, because as time goes on, we experience new traumas mm-hmm. and, you know, we eventually, we, you know, before Trump, there's presidents that were worse than Trump in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When I mean, I really we think had about presidents it. that was like part of slavery. So, so, yeah. you know, so, um, <laughs> However, you know, uh, yes, I do think that, you know, as the future goes on, it's probably definitely going to get like mm. dwindled down a little bit like his just at least the popularity of the situation will yeah. die down because there there might be some other political leader who will be worse than him. Yeah. Um, or or um, or as relevant to the that future time period yeah. as he is now to ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So if <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Trump era, we gotta talk about white supremacy because I feel like this is really the root of where not gonna say where white supremacy really showed out because of course the KKK. Yeah, but no, honestly, it is. I, I would say that so? this is white supremacy show they ass out during his uh, during uh, his term. Maybe More, like the modern KKK ish type of thing. Yeah, the neo Nazis. You know? Yeah, and the um, you know your uh, your uh, you know your white nationalist, mm-hmm. which is what Trump is. Like he yeah. he's a nationalist mm-hmm. and he's white. Yeah. So you know he the thing about Trump is that he plays to his cards mm-hmm. because you know he's he's an avid um uh person who's dedicated to winning mm. like all okay. the time mm-hmm. yeah, I, I went at i went at any cause yeah. and his his father raised him to be that way mm-hmm. and so you know for him losing is not an option when i was yeah. in high school that was something that they also tried to like kind of instill in us too like mm-hmm. failing is not an option right mm-hmm. and so you know he was in that that mindset was instilled into him yeah and even even though trump had felt like he he was not the best student in he school. He has failed multiple times in his real estate business. But his father always found a way for him to win. To not, yeah. To and not. so he used those same tactics his entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, in his business dealings. Yeah. When we think about Atlantic City mm-hmm. and everything that happened there. It's this. The reason why I was super hesitant on Trump being president mm-hmm. is because even though when I grew up, I kind of admired Trump. Like mm-hmm. everybody did. Like, yeah, he we, was no, like I don't a think people can sit here and say, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't really like him. Like some people can't can because they really knew his business dealings. Yeah. But most of us like he was the he was the media king, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. And even during his presidency, he showed that he was the media king because all the media covered was him. Yeah. And so um, but something that I did always hear was how he how in his business dealings like it seems very good on the front Mm, but when you walk into that store it's like you know you got shelves missing Mm -hmm. you know it's half staff yeah you know uh the product quality is low Mm -hmm. you know and and the person mind you the the actual company is not even his Mm -hmm. it just has his name on it And so the person who actually owns the business is not profit, not really profiting. Mm. And so when I look at America, I can say the exact same thing during yeah, his presidency. Yeah. Our sh- our shelves are, you know, we don't we don't got nothing on our shelves. Mm-hmm. We barely got, you know, any people running, you know, this thing efficiently, and and uh, and there's barely any, you know, profit being made for, yeah, the, for the masses. Just the face. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I think. Uh, it w- it's been quite a, quite a four four years, and the thing is, is that when he when he also started, you know, he he wouldn't have won without white supremacy. No, and so that was that's the reason why I think he kind of piggybacked yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's something, you know, white supremacy runs mostly everything in this country but it really runs republicans Mm -hmm. like this is something that they can build on this is something that they create their whole 
Because well, democracy over, you know, on mm-hmm. practically. Well, I was going to say, I think that, you know, white supremacy runs both parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, both Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. And although th- I think the difference in that is that, you know, you're going to hear from Democrats that Republicans, you know, um, that many Republicans are, you know, really about white nationalism or yeah. white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't hear them obviously talk about their own members who who are that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, America is 74% white. Yeah. Or at least 74% of America identify as white. as white. And you know what's funny is that speaking of exposing members, it's kind of funny because it seems like the Republican Party is kind of crumbling on itself. Mm-hmm. Because now we're seeing members being exposed for exposing other politicians, even in the same party, mm-hmm. you know, to have these white supremacists essentially go after them, even vice president, well, ex-vice oh, president Pence, Pence yeah, yeah, which was kind of crazy because he, I see him as the epitome of the Republican Party. Like that is Pence what is they, literally the epitome of, uh, of, of white nationalism. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, this is interesting to see them turn on each other when this is what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of confusing to me to see how white nationalists kind of like separated themselves as, oh, I'm not a Trumper, though. Mm. I'm a Republican, but I'm not a Trumper. Well, you know, so I think so. I think that part of that. Right. Like so um, in Trump's second impeachment, um, the reason why that was able to proceed was because um 11 republicans Mm -hmm. voted for his his impeachment yeah and so um you know one of those were uh john mccain's daughter Mm -hmm. um and when it comes when it comes to being a white nationalist okay nothing is more important to them than the idea of this capitalistic country mm-hmm. and the, and the constitution that it stands upon and so for them no matter what what's happening because a lot of them know the truth about election yep. processes in america mm-hmm. okay trump tried to um paint a picture as if election fraud is this new activity mm-hmm. that's happened <laughs> on this on such a large scale for yeah. the first goddamn time Can and I when curse? people of color have been experiencing this. when my ancestors were murdered mm. um I, i'm trying to think of the town it might be in the state of uh might be in the state of arizona I don't remember the state, so I'm not even going to mention the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were approximately 300 African Americans that marched to the polls, mm-hmm. um, and this is a, this is around the time where Black people are are just now getting the ability to vote because mm-hmm. you know we didn't have that. Yeah, and um, and at different because this occurred across the country at different points where these black voters were met with violent Mm -hmm. 
people who identified as white. Mm. And many of them died walking to the goddamn polls. Mm-hmm. No one deserves to die just because they want to go to the poll and vote. Exactly. Right. But when that was happening, did anybody get arrested? Mm. No. Yeah. Because it fit the narrative. It, 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 it allowed for the continuation of systemic racism to mm-hmm. continue, which is when, and I think when people talk about systemic racism, um, or when I, when I talk about systemic racism and I'm sure, uh, this really refers to other people too, mm-hmm. but it, it really refers to the, uh, to the hierarchy to, to white dominance. Yeah. And so, um, I think a lot of people get confused. Like when we say systemic racism, like, Oh, well that means like everybody is being racist all the goddamn time mm-hmm. in every system. No, that's not yeah. what that means. Mm-hmm. It means that, um, white dominance is prevalent across all systems yeah and the only reason that is is because of racism Mm -hmm. that led them there yeah and i think that when people explain or when they call someone a white nationalist i really think that they think they picture these redneck racist (laughs) white people Mm -hmm. or essentially like the proud boys you know who are outright racist all the time and Mm -hmm. it's like no it's it's kind of hidden too it's do your daily interactions it's how you make a profit at times you Mm -hmm. know i don't think people really can you know separate what white nationalism really is Mm -hmm. and how far and how deep it really goes so what 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 would you Mm-hmm. what would you what do you how do you feel about white like what would you say white nationalism is i would say essentially to me white nationalism is essentially white culture mm-hmm. to me i feel like every almost everything that white people do how they profit how they move even down to how they go to school how they interact in the world how they um how they're able to essentially just get what they want essentially that's white nationalism to me because they don't want to sacrifice their discomfort Mm -hmm to give other people the upper hand right Mm -hmm. they essentially want want it for themselves i feel like people of color essentially we have this kind of i'm gonna give you the knowledge to help you better yourself Mm -hmm. essentially i'm just speaking overall right i feel like with white people they don't want that they don't want that in their world they don't want other people that have that upper hand they want it for themselves even against them all themselves mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes white nationalism works against them well the, i and that part of that is because like what is it what is white mm-hmm. first of all yeah right like so you know in, in the in the establishment of this country the focus were was anglo-saxons mm-hmm. okay Anybody that wasn't an Anglo-Saxon was not white. Mm-hmm. That include, you know, people from people that were Russian, yeah. like from Ukra- uh, people that were from um, Armenia, mm-hmm. Ireland, Ireland, mm-hmm. 
you know, Jew, uh, anyone that was Jewish, anyone that was Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of them did not earn, many of them had to earn many, they all had to earn their right to be white. Be white yep. Um, and, uh, you know, between the late 1800s and the early 1900s, so like say 1860s to like 1930s, mm-hmm. um, we had, you know, mass migrations here mm-hmm. where, uh, where Jewish and mm-hmm. Italians mm-hmm. migrated here in, in the millions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were not, they were considered non-white, but they weren't considered, you know, uh, a Negro, yeah. of course, because mm-hmm. their skin wasn't dark, which is one of the main classifications <laughs> of being a Negro. Um, and so in order for them to earn their right to be considered white, they had to, um, one, uh, earn for their own. So they had mm-hmm. to create their own standing. Mm-hmm. Their, own their own community financial culture um, mm-hmm. on their own financial standing in their own uh, community yeah but they also had to participate in white culture mm-hmm. now what white culture um the the one of the predominant aspects of white culture mm-hmm. is the concept that white is dominant mm-hmm. and that anything that is not white is less than yeah and so many of them uh in order for them to be able to transition into that white hood participated in um, the american racism system Mm -hmm. um so that way they can be considered white and earn the privileges Mm -hmm. um that came along with that and so you know in reality white is not a race uh white is just a it's a it's a cultural participation Mm -hmm. you know it's it's how you um behave Mm -hmm. and think Mm. and um and added to the fact that your skin uh is lighter yeah and so um that's why you have that's why we have 74 percent of america today Mm -hmm. that identify as as white white. Mm. but for example, I went I went on a road trip to Texas. Mm-hmm. I was looking up their population and Texas population. Uh, 82% of Texas population identifies as white. Oh, really? Texas, y'all. Wow. Okay, now we know we know where Texas lives. <laughs> That's surprising. So yeah. 82% of Texas wow. um, identifies as white. However, mm-hmm. Forty-two percent of Texas identifies as white non-Hispanic. So that means, yeah, that means approximately forty percent of people in Texas are actually, you know, Latino in a sense, Mm -hmm. but they identify as white. (laughs) So that even that in itself is is proof in the pudding that white is just your ability to participate in the culture and con- and consider yourself more than anything that is not white. And it makes sense how they vote mm-hmm. saying that now. Cause I'm like, how can a state that is so close to Mexico, so like heavily populated with Latin people mm-hmm. vote Republican every time. I never understood that. 
because the conditioning is strong. That's insane. Yeah. Especially since they have Spanish, um, um, what you will call it, um, towns. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing, um, but you know, that's the same thing with all, see, I, uh, many people don't like when I start talking about races mm-hmm. because I don't believe in like, there's one race. Mm-hmm. We all know this, mm-hmm. whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. There's the human race and that's it. Outside of that is whatever cultural participation you decide to part uh, to, you know, actively, um, engage in mm-hmm. and what what hue your skin is mm. um and uh you know I, I i constantly talk about how how you know we need to eliminate the pseudoscience that is race it is mm-hmm. it's pseudo you know how people would be like oh you know you know how people believe in bigfoot mm-hmm. and and the loch ness monsters those yeah. those are <laughs> those are filed <laughs> they're filed under pseudoscience mm-hmm. Race is a pseudoscience that that was able to make its way to a a strong ideology, mm. you know, and it's kind of crazy. I agree and disagree in something. What do you mean? So mm-hmm. I think, I think when it comes to like you're saying the participation culture participation Mm -hmm. and that that aspect i agree right but isn't it certain medical things that's about you know that separates us yeah okay so yes there 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 are when you say medical things Mm -hmm. what what do you mean like biologically Mm -hmm. so um what do you believe separates us biologically i don't think it's much but i think the way um the way our genetics display yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I think the way that, that change, our body. Does that change us, uh, the species of a person or just the no. visual representation? It changes the phenotype. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. So I, I, <laughs> you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Because how, how many... You, you you ever seen a black couple spit out a white baby? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, I never seen two white people spit out a black baby. Because it's impossible. <laughs> you know, it's the difference between dominant traits and recessive yeah. traits. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, if you have lighter skin... Um, then you you most likely have recessive genes yeah. in your in your system um but it doesn't separate you as a species it's just going to um give you a variant within the phenotype of the individual i get what you mean and so the now the thing with that mm-hmm. is that um because now genetics are, are are super obviously important, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can um, have a, a variation in the way that our body reacts to things, or yeah. you know the fact that you know um, bl- black people tend to have sickle cell mm-hmm. more than uh, white people do, mm-hmm. per se. Um, oh, okay. So white people are are more prone to certain heart conditions than okay. almost any other ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these the 
the reason why those are variants are obvious are obviously based on like the genetic aspects of, of these beings mm-hmm. and so yes i i totally get that factor mm-hmm. right like okay well we can separate us by that but that that again goes back to aspects of of um of of your genetic variant it doesn't it doesn't change your race if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know um so now because we are social creatures Mm -hmm. um we have an automatic need to categorize ourselves into groups Mm -hmm. um and that has both negative and positive effects um it, it gives us a sense of belonging yeah. Um, when you identify with people that you know look similar to you mm-hmm. um but the again these are the reason why that is is because of the social constructs that are already in place right mm. so if we were automatically conditioned growing up that regardless of your color or your physical feature mm-hmm. um you can still identify with people on mental similarities mm-hmm. we wouldn't be bothered by the visual aspects mm. but but because you know visual is the first thing that we see mm-hmm. that's how we start to differentiate ourselves mm. um but there there are plenty of people who you know are essentially white folks who have a lots of black features that's and true. there are some black folks who have lots of white features mm-hmm. um and it, and that is even proof that in itself is proof that there's um that there's variety with among the species yeah but it doesn't change the species i understand that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and so with that you know obviously we develop different cultures like different Mm -hmm. habits different things we eat but those are all just locational things you know that that passed on throughout time Mm mm-hmm um so that's why i think that uh that's why i say like you know there's there's really no real race now you can say that there's different creeds in a sense Mm. um because you know your creed um can give you a a sense of a more cultural combination Mm -hmm. because in different creed if you're in in, in and when you're in a creed it doesn't matter what color you are yeah it matters it it matters in the cultural habits that you're participating in Mm mm-hmm um, but when you're in a race, what matters is it, the only thing that matters when it comes to race is your visu- visual and yeah. physical differences. Yeah. 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 Mm, so speaking about um, physical differences. So we have <laughs> so this great replacement theory. We have uh, to um, tell the that. people about this because <laughs> it's it's insane to me. It's something that I just recently learned in detail i guess yeah um, I, I know did, the language i had no i listen until you told me i had no idea i was shook. that this theory well here's the thing i did have a clue mm-hmm. because i knew that this was a thought process the rhetoric right is, it's like oh i knew that this yeah. but i didn't know that that it was identified as the replacement theory mm-hmm. um because the replacement theory um it sources from um it kind of sources from the uh concepts of of uh 
white eradication. Yeah. So let me just explain, like give a clear definition, a yeah, short yeah, definition. Yeah. Educate us. Educate <laughs> so us. the Great Replacement is a um, conspiracy theory, essentially, um, that states that people of color are trying to replace white population. And we see this especially in interracial marriage. Mm-hmm dating children mm-hmm. so that's the first thing that popped up in my head when i heard the great replacement theory and then of course the government mm-hmm. and then of course just everyday living for white people yeah <laughs> job replacements um immigrants coming to our country the rhetoric is there but mm-hmm. i didn't know that there was actually books and brochures about this great replacement thing. Yeah. This is literature, y'all. Yeah. Literature. And I was wondering, like, how can these people, like, really think that people of color are trying to erase them? But then when you really look at what they're speaking, the re- the, the literature that they're putting out mm-hmm. and the statistics that they're making up, I mean, I'm not going to say it's all false, but replacing the white race erasing the white race i can't yeah see that exactly so <laughs> the, the replacement theory right it, it came it was um there's a there's a french author who wrote a book called the replacement theory and uh his concepts um stem from the white genocide mm-hmm. conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and so um which is an american base it's a um, a neo-Nazi American-based concept mm-hmm. um, that um, white people will be eradicated, um, you know, white indigenous people uh, would be eradicated yeah. um, in, in order to eliminate their culture. For what reasons? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And essentially, I don't really know anyone's what... intent behind eliminating this. Exactly. Well, that's that's not the truth. But this is essentially what Hitler was like pushing for. This is what he was fighting for. Right, right. That's not the truth. I know some people who um, I know, not that I personally know, but I know that there are individuals who, yes, would probably um, would probably not prefer there to be, you know, lighter skinned individuals here um, because they they have trauma. From, you know, their ancestors, you know, being enslaved and, yeah. and murdered and also eradicated yeah. and genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the basis of the white genocide conspiracy theory um, really sources from the theories of, uh, of guilt. Right. Like, oh, what exactly. we did to these people, they are eventually going to want to do that do back to, to us. us. Even though we have never shown an ounce of violence. No, no, we we people of color especially in this country in america when you think about natives and blacks we've never on a grand scale level have displayed any natures of wanting to do the same to y'all that y'all did to us this is colonizing is a white an an anglo-saxon thing thing okay and it's we can see that because it's across the globe yep and so, um, but I think what, what makes it really weird for me is, is the fact that, okay, so now let's just be clear. Mm-hmm. 
the replacement theory is about white indigenous people, which mm-hmm. whatever that means, because <laughs> wait, it's connecting in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> oxymoron there's here. No, okay, there's no white folks that are indigenous oh to the land of America. Um, but you know, maybe to obviously to um, the the white replacement theory really started in Europe, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been spreading across the world. But uh, this this theory is is poisonous and dangerous. Yes. Um, so you know, you you have right now actively hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. in Germany mm-hmm. um, who are who fully believe this theory. Um, because you know, um, people from Somalia immigrated into you know a lot of European countries, um, and uh, so people have become you know extremely anti-Muslim, um, yeah. and thinking that you know their white culture is being destroyed, their country, you know, um, and 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 the land that they have, and all these things are just going to shit because you know these muslims moved and uh you know migrated to our um to our land Mm. but when i think about like the replacement factor right like now first of all the number of of non-colored people (laughs) as i like to say i'm sorry let me stop (laughs) the number of non-colored people it's inevitable that those numbers will dwindle Mm -hmm. because the globe is 80% person of color Mm -hmm. and only 20% non-person of color. Mm -hmm. So it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, However, it, uh, again, black can make any color. Exactly. Black made white in the first place. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not really sure how, you know, it can be eliminated mm-hmm. from the planet. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I feel like because they don't feel like they come from a person of color. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I be telling, I tell people all the time. I be like, first of all, everybody on the planet is black. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get they not, they not, they may not have, they may not have brown skin. <laughs> Okay, but everybody mm-hmm. is black, whether yeah. you like it or not. You're all African. Um, mm. You know, you all have African descentage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're all of African descent. But, you know, I don't think that. So what this really means, by the way, is that what to me, what white, uh, what uh, the great replacement really means mm-hmm. is that um, non colored folks and their mainly their cultural mindset Mm -hmm. is what they're afraid of being eliminated Mm -hmm. um and their cultural mindset is that they're dominant and that they're superior Mm -hmm. and if that gets eliminated i'm not mad i'm not mad at any i'm not mad at any particular culture that believes that they're more superior than another mm-hmm. of of their ideologies dwindling. I don't care if they're black, white, yellow, green, yeah, or or blue. You know, yeah. th- that's that's just not a healthy way 
to operate in this world and and it's shown yeah it's shown through through all of your genocides Mm -hmm. now and it's great it's crazy to me because i'm trying to figure out how did white dominance become a thing well do you want listen here's what i would say i don't know okay (laughs) um but you know there are there's words out there Mm-hmm. about there's an ancient story about you know where uh where white folks come from um and how you know they come from the Caucasus mountains mm-hmm. and um you know uh there's this uh there's a story that that uh muslims talk about um in the history of humanity when um everyone existed in africa and eventually a particular group of people i'm not going to necessarily like say who and and the reason Mm -hmm. but a particular group of people were brought from africa Mm -hmm. up to the mountains of europe Mm. um these when they were brought there these people were not fully white Mm -hmm. it was only after hundreds of years um where eventually you know this group um lost their pigmentation Mm -hmm. um and the recessive genes started to show itself Mm -hmm. um so you know when when in 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 biology you know when there's a dominant gene Mm -hmm. the dominant trait will always show itself yeah um and a recessive even when recessive reveals itself because because dominance is so strong you know it's going to overpower you know the other recessive gene so what happens is is that in order for you to to get a product of white you need to breed um someone who is uh heterozygous in their Mm -hmm. genes right Mm -hmm. so you would need to have a combination of of someone who is who has a dominant gene mm-hmm. and a recessive gene and then another person who's a dominant gene and a recessive gene yeah and so when they have children you know uh say a product of four kids uh 75 percent of them are going to be a person of color one is probably going to one is going to be dominant dominant mm-hmm. one is going to be dominant rece- two are going to be dominant recessive and one is going to be recessive mm-hmm. and so when once you have that recessive product the only way for you to continue that is to only breed it with other recessive yeah. genes and so um as you know obviously when a, a if a culture if a group of people are inside of an environment mm-hmm. like any other organisms do in order to evolve and adapt to their environment mm-hmm. their their genes change and mutate and then once those once they continue to breed, you just continue to spit out whatever the, the mutation is yeah. or the, the, the evolved um, the, the, the whatever the evolved gene is. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so so the story goes that basically, um, you know, they were brought up to these mountains and then eventually um, through the process of isolated um, uh, isolated reproduction, mm-hmm. right, manufactured reproduction. And um, uh, they ended up, you end up with a product where you have majority 
recessive genes. So mm-hmm. now you have the people with the blonde eyes and the blue hair. Yeah. Um, however, the people who went up to that mountain originally were had dominant genes mm-hmm. with um, with some people who have partially recessive genes. And so those people who have partially recessive genes, the story goes, is that they they moved across the plains of Europe over mm-hmm. into Asia. Oh, okay. And so, um, and so what remained in Europe was just the people who were recessive, um, because they were only breeding with recessive people. They they didn't want to breed with anybody else, um, um, because they wanted to keep that look. Yeah. But and, at what point? And then eventually, um the people that brought them up there in the first place Mm -hmm. came went up there to get them then they went up there to to retrieve the neanderthals Mm -hmm. okay um and they taught the neanderthals everything that they knew Mm -hmm. and um and the tables were turned on them after they educated and trained and informed mm. the Neanderthals. It sounds, you know, what it sounds very similar to when um, Europe's came to America mm-hmm. and they discovered the the natives that were already living here mm-hmm. with advanced civilizations, mm-hmm. and they um, learned everything from these advanced already living and existing native civilizations, <laughs> yeah. and then turned that against them mm. and. Um, so that's basically kind of what that happened. Is the culture, and so that basically kind of you know what happened. That's the that's the supposed <laughs> story. So what do you think that white supremacy is going to form into now? So now that they're, um, they've always been out, but I'm gonna say essentially out and proud. So how do you see this? New well, they age? weren't. They weren't. So here's the thing white supremacists were not out and proud until Mm -hmm. trump came in office he he gave them the ability to be proud to be white Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me because you know you we all know that you guys like you you run the country yeah it's 78 percent of you so Mm -hmm. like there's really but so much you know we can do here um but he 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 uh gave them the authority mm. to stand within their white righteousness mm. and um and so now that that that's been uh refueled mm-hmm. um i don't think it's going to dwindle what i think is going to happen is that we are because of the insurrection right we're going to yeah. start moving in a direction where we are more harshly critical of people who believe in this ideology more than we already mm. were you know to the point where you know if you get caught participating in this ideology you could be arrested you type think of thing. so I don't know, you know. Oh, that would life be life can lead anywhere. I'm not I'm not saying that that's gonna happen, but I'm mm. saying that, that 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 is, you know, those are like possibilities. Why do I say that? Well, I think about, you know, we're now in the we're now this historical moment is not just historical in a political sense, mm. but it's historical in a technology sense because while all this political mess is happening, we're about to make a an extreme shift mm. in our in our uh, technology in, in the advances in our technology. Mm. Um, we're gonna about to make an extreme shift in in the monitoring of people, and so yeah. um, I think that you know eventually 
maybe one day, you know, it'll lead to the point where, you know, we're being we're super moderating people. That's why we had, you know, our 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 big meeting with all the tech leaders yeah. in October where where we're questioning where we're now questioning whether um you know we're going to keep or revoke the um section um 230 which is an act that protects um uh social media platforms yeah. from being uh, prosecuted or responsible for third-party posts. Mm, I want to talk about that in part two mm. when we come back because it all ties into like our democracy and how social media was used mm -hmm. during this whole voting, voting time yeah. now and in 2016. So we get back, we're going to talk about it. I'm excited. Yes. But thank you for coming to talk to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Thank takes. you for having me. It's, I was it's rambling, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for listening and i appreciate you fam and yeah, remember be honest though yes be honest mm -hmm. <laughs>